Throughout the summer, we've been enjoying bringing you programs on the lands of the Bible. Some of our tours in Israel, Jordan, and Egypt. Really an exciting time for me because I love going to those countries and watching how it explains the Bible and how it allows us to understand the Bible even more. But today, we want to change a little bit. We, we want to go back and do some current events because there are some current events and some current trends that I think are really interesting. I have to say this, that our world is changing not just the population and the demographics, but it's changing in terms of its values and in terms of its trends, I think in terms of its mindset and even its worldview. And so this is the first of several lessons because we want to ask, well, what is changing and where is it going and, and what does it show? How does it show a fulfillment in terms of Bible prophecy? And so today we want to look at the, the theme of this famine in the land you see, the Bible talks about famines. And it's interesting because these are some of the conditions of the tribulation. Listen to this important passage in Matthew 24. And remember from our earlier studies in Matthew 24, we know that that's a tribulation text. It says, For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. In other words, there will be civil wars as well as one kingdom against another, like Russia versus Ukraine. But there will also be civil wars, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in different places. What a, what a verse, because the idea of famines, I was amazed during the last several months, in particular the last several weeks, how much is in the news concerning famines. Matter of fact, let's take a look at the chart that we used in some of our previous studies. Remember, as we look at this, we see the rapture of the church. I think this, this is about where Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 comes in. The end of the church age. I think we're approaching that. It could take place at any time based on the Bible. And then the tribulation itself begins in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1, when the first seal is broken. Remember that there are seven seals. There's seven trumpets. There's seven bowls. And each one gets worse and worse. It intensifies. By the time we're done, the, the whole earth is a mess. Matter of fact, recently... And rereading the book of Revelation, I saw how terrible these 21 judgments are. Why would a person want to go through that when you could escape that and you can go to be with the Lord Jesus in something called the rapture of the church, the catching out of the bride of Christ for his design for us in heaven? But it's interesting because you see, as we come to the end of the church age and the rapture of the church, I think the next event on God's timetable, and before the tribulation begins, well, what we find is that Matthew 24, in the next verse, says this, all these are the beginning of sorrows. In other words, one of the first indicators of the tribulation are going to be devastating famines. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible predicted. This is a message delivered by Jesus Christ himself to those who were listening to him when he was on the earth the first time. This is also coupled with a verse in Revelation chapter 6. You see, remember I told you that there were seven seals. Well, the third seal is where it talks about famine. The first seal, it speaks of the fact that the Antichrist would be revealed. And after you get to the third seal, out of these 21 judgments, it says this, And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a denarii and three measures of barley for a denarii. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now a denarii was actually a day's wages. And here's what this indicates. It indicates this, 
that it's going to be very expensive to buy food. You see, we're looking at a time of unbelievable inflation. We're looking at a time of unbelievable prices. And part of that price change going upward is due to inflation. But part of it is due to the fact that it's very hard to get goods, particularly food. Typical stores are saying, well, we're, we, we can't get this product anymore. Why? And, and that's some of the questions that we're going to be asking in our study. But here's what I want you to know. Matthew 24, the verse that we just read in verses 7 and 8, as well as Revelation chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, these are tribulation texts, and they both say at the beginning of this tribulation, we're going to see the evidence of famine. Now, I want to go from, from these things to look at some current events and I want you to note particularly the date that these news articles are coming out because these are important because these are, are taking effect right now. And, it's, and I'm going to call it the domino effect. I don't know if we can reverse the trend. That's how far down it's gone. And it just started. But watch the trend because it's incredible. You see, this article from the Epic Times says this. The UN, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, sometimes referred to as WEF, is behind global war on farmers. Now, why would someone want to declare war on farmers? These are honest, hardworking people that work for a living and do their best to, to provide food for, for us and for the whole world. But it's interesting because it's a, the escalating regulatory attack on agricultural procedures from Holland. There's a lot in the news about the Dutch farmers. Again, the Dutch farmers are known as some of the most efficient in the world some of the hardest working farmers in all the world. It says there, there's an attack on them and on the United States and to Sri Lanka and beyond is closely tied to the UN's Agenda 2030. Wow. You see, by 2030, they want us in a new world order. They, they want a time when they can control everything. And that would certainly be the food supply, as you're going to see in just a moment. It says the Agenda 2030, Sustainable Development Goals, and the UN's partners at the World Economic Forum, the WEF. And so when you begin to look at the proceedings of that, here's what you're going to find. It says, if this is left unchecked, multiple experts say that the UN back substantially policies on agriculture, on food production, will lead to economic devastation, shortages of critical goods, widespread famine, and also a great restriction of freedom. You see, that's a trend that we're beginning to see. The more we get government involved, the more we get the, the World Economic Forum involved and other world globalist agencies involved, we see that control is left from the individual person. I think the quality of life goes from the individual person. And we're watching this trend take place in rapid succession. Now, couple this with another thing that's very strange. There's, there's quite a... Um, I say a trend among the billionaires as they want to own land. This comes from Yahoo, May 2022, billionaires. And here's Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates in, in China and Ted Turner. Look at the amount of farmland that they own. Ted Turner, two million acres. What, what do you do with two million acres? I know he raises buffaloes and I like buffaloes, but, but wow, there, there's something kind of suspicious. And Mr. Bezos, 420,000 acres. Uh, do you think he's going to start an Amazon uh, huge building project? Or Bill Gates? And matter of fact, I, I read just, uh, I think it was yesterday, that he, again, is trying to purchase additional several hundred thousand more acres. In China, 
And there's nonprofit corporations funded often by uh, international people, multi-billionaires, and these people are trying to, to buy up land. Now these are huge holdings, and to me it's just strange that they're taking farmland out of production. They're not buying it for farmland. Sometimes they say, well, we want to we reduce the carbon footprint. But of all the things that's done on land, farming, I think, would have about as low a carbon footprint as anything. Well, here's another article that I think you'll find of interest. June the 30th, the Rio Times, a tri-state super city instead of farmers in the Netherlands. Now, remember, I, I mentioned the, the Dutch farmers. And in this article, you'll see that the World Economic Forum, uh, the globalists, they, here's what they're proposing and actually building. But they go right here in the Netherlands and they're, they're saying, let's put a city here. And they're taking some of the best farmland. This is why the, the Dutch farmers are so annoyed by this. And they say, we're going to build a, a city and we want to put 45 million people, cram them into this place. But they took the best farmland to do it. Now, what's also interesting is they call it the nitrogen crisis. Well, many people think it's fictional. I'm among those. No human lives are at stake, and yet they're taking the best farmland out of production. They're forcing people to sell. It's quite a mystery why they're reshaping Holland's farmland and controlling the best farmland so that they can have their, this magic city that they're trying to produce. You see, even when they say it's for a carbon, to eliminate the carbon footprint, it doesn't make sense because farming doesn't usually have a, a large carbon footprint. Do you understand what they're trying to do? I think they're trying to control a food supply. Now I want to also put another idea along with this. How is famine related to the energy cost? Well, we've watched energy costs go up. Part of it we, we've been blaming on the war between Russia and Ukraine. Part of it is because we're afraid to take uh, gas and oil out of our own country. And uh, But on June the 14th, the energy crisis is is accelerating the food crisis. You see, the energy crisis affects the poor first. This is the thing that's so amazing. Why would politicians want to increase the, the cost of energy? That, that's something that every single person, rich or poor, they're going to have a need for some energy, whether it's, it's for a car transportation, whether it's to, to have energy to run a factory. That's their jobs. And so the energy crisis always affects the poor first. But also the energy crisis affects food. It affects the food supply. It shrinks it. It affects transportation. It costs more to, to get the food product from the farm to, to the shelf. It affects the fertilizer shortage. It affects planting and harvesting. Wow, there's nothing, there's nothing more uh, tied together than the energy cost and the cost of food because of how it has to get to the shelf by transportation, by planting, and by the work that the farms do. I think the war in Ukraine, I see the reduction of fertilizer and the availability of it. I see the reduction of, of major grain lands in both Russia and Ukraine. Again, we're watching a reduction of available food for the world. And it's interesting because you know what? It appears to me that it's man-made. It's not, it's not something of nature. It's not that the earth became unproductive. It's that men want to control the food supply. Now, here's... Another question that we talked about asking, and that's the why. Why would they do it? Well, this you'll find interesting. March 2022, Bill Gates, let him eat fake meat. Tech billionaire Bill Gates, he continues to say, let's take a look at this synthetic beef. 
and and particularly in, in the rich countries, he's saying this is a solution to climate change. Wow, I just don't know that the cows grazing on the field or sheep uh, eating in a in a grassland is really what's affecting the climate change. Sooner or later, we got to say, okay, this guy might be smart in terms of designing phones and computers, but when it comes to farming, I don't know that he has it all figured out. But this fake meat, which is, by the way, high in sodium, it's more expensive, and, and it takes a large amount of electricity to actually incubate it, to, to grow the thing. Uh, wow, I don't know that it's going to be a popular thing, at least in, in my diet. But what is interesting also is that when you look at this, the devastating toll that the pandemic has had since the pandemic, the number of people facing hunger has increased by 150 million. Wow, we're, we're looking at, at between a third and a half of the whole population of the United States. It also says this, that the lockdown, it affected disproportionately small-scale farmers, sellers, traders, shop owners. All this is related to, to the pandemic. All of it's related to energy costs. All of it's related to, to control of the food supply in the land. And it goes on to say this in the study. It says that 50 million people in 45 countries are one step away from starvation. In other words, what has happened recently has been bad for the poor of the world. It's been bad in terms of, of uh, getting food for, for people. Now, another thing that I, I want to mention, and that's this. We can't afford to lose a generation of farmers. I, I can identify with the, the family farm. I like the farm. I like the farmers. These are hardworking people. These are people that, that work for a living. They, I think they're the backbone of, of our country and our society, at least in America. But we're about to lose a whole generation of farmers. We're about to lose a whole generation of ranchers. I watched as the ranchers were lined up on a Texas freeway to go sell their beef because the, the cost to feed them was too much. It, it's incredible to see what's taking place, the changes. Remember, I said we're going to look at these changes. What are these changes and what do they mean? And are they actually bringing us a, a step closer to, to famine in our own land and in a world situation? And the fishermen the same way, putting all kinds of restrictions on them. You see, we can't afford to lose a generation of farmers and ranchers and fishermen. We can't afford to lose their knowledge. We can't afford to lose their skill. We can't afford to lose their experience. There are fishermen, they know how to fish. They've been doing it for years. What they've learned through the years is so valuable, it won't be passed on. The same with the farmers and the ranchers. These are valuable things. And so now we come to the Western Standard article, June 2022. Is America's food industry being sabotaged? Because what's interesting, in the spring of 2020, there's now over 90 events, and actually it's approaching 100 because just this last week, a couple more plants were sabotaged, or at least I'm saying sabotaged, because they're damaging meatpacking plants in Georgia and Illinois and other states. Millions of chickens and turkeys were destroyed. A single week, airplane crashed into some of these food processing plants. Fires break out mysteriously. It, unbelievable. Kid, that, I, I don't see how that could, we could call that just an, an act of, of random uh, circumstance. So these food shortages, they think, are part of a, a whole sabotage trick to lessen the food supply, and it could well be that situation. Now, with that making the news, I want to go back to something that is very important. In Revelation chapter 13, clearly a chapter that takes place in the midpoint of the tribulation, 
because the midpoint is in chapter 12 and Satan is kicked out of heaven. And in chapter 13, now the Antichrist wants to take control. And it's interesting because in that chapter, it says seven times the word power is mentioned. He wants power. He wants to gain control. And he wants to do it by, by controlling a supply of whatever is for sale, particularly food, and buying and selling will require permission from an Antichrist. His desire to control something as important as food, I think, is further seen in a statement made by Henry Kissinger. I got a picture of him when he's young. Because he made this statement in 1973. Think about it. 1973, here's what he said. Who controls the food supply controls the people. Notice that? Control the food. Who controls the energy controls whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. Three things. Food. Energy. And then money. I'm amazed because you see all three of these are making news. We're watching the food supply being hampered and, 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 uh, and changed dramatically. The control of it. We're watching the energy supply cripple our, our world and, and our society. We're watching money and how they want to change it to a, a digital format. All these things. You see, the truth is, these three things that they want to control all the way back in 1973, it's exactly what the Bible said the Antichrist would want to control when he takes over midway through the tribulation. But we're seeing them begin right now. Now, as we look at these things, the cascade effect, is it too late to head it off? You know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe I'm sounding the alarm too late. Because you see, the whole thing of the food shortages and other problems in the world is facing a, a, an all-out man-made situation that I don't know that it can be reversed easily. In the Bible, in a, that passage that we referred to earlier in Revelation chapter 6, I, I want us to take a look at that again because I noticed something interesting as I looked at this because it talks about the third seal and it says that a whole day's wages just to buy a, a, a loaf of bread. Can you imagine working your whole day just to, to buy enough bread for one person? What do you do when you have a family of four? And, and what do you do to, to pay your rent and to, to make your car payment and, and to afford utilities? In other words, the cost of food is going to escalate and it's going to be at a premium, particularly in the tribulation. I, I don't blame you if you're a person and say, wow, I don't know that I, don't know that I, I want to live in a situation where, where food prices go double, triple, quadruple. I, I think it's going to come. You see, we're being conditioned for control. And then in Revelation chapter 6, it's interesting because when you go to the fourth seal, it says this, that power was given over them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword, with hunger, with death, and the beast of the earth. A fourth of all the world dies in one seal. Out of the 21 seals, one fourth of all the world. Right now, that would mean about 2 billion people. Now, I know the elitists are saying that, that it would be better if we got the whole earth population down to about 500 million. But that would be the elimination of over 6 billion people. And recently, in a, in a WEF meeting, they talked about how that we need to reduce the population to between one and two billion. They've made no secret that they want to reduce the population. Is hunger one of the ways that they're going to do it? The Bible indicates that in the tribulation, which I think is just ahead, 
You see, we're watching events say the tribulation is coming soon. Before the tribulation can start, my friend, Jesus Christ comes for those that have received him. And so this world situation is incredible. The price of food increasing, the price of energy controlling us, the price of, uh, of, of trying to do business in terms of economics. We're watching all this being controlled by, by government agencies, world government agencies that want to bring in a new world order, a reset situation. Exactly what the Bible said would be in the last days. Well, there's a real famine. Listen to this verse in Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine for bread or a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. You see, I do think that there's a famine. I think the famine for food, physical food, is going to come. It's going to be real. It's going to be devastating. My friend, I would not want to be here in the, in the tribulation time because I think food will be very hard. I think it will be almost impossible for, for normal people, average people, middle class people to get food. Oh, the elite will have it somehow. But the common person will be under the control of the government to provide food. That's what the Bible predicted in Matthew 24. That's what the Bible said in Revelation chapter 13. And so Amos says this, but as hard as it is to get physical food, even more scarce is going to be the desire, the famine for the word of God. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. Old Testament passage talking about Israel, but I think it applies to what we're talking about today. Listen to this. Woe unto them that are, that are mighty to drink wine and men of strong of strength to mix strong drink. Woe unto them who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light, light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, who, just, who justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness out of the of the righteous for him. Therefore, as a fire devours the stubble, the flame consumes the shaft, so shall the root be rottenness. Their blossoms shall go up as dust, because they cast away the law of the Lord of hosts. They despise the word of the Holy One of Israel. And then it speaks of the fact that, that God, his anger would pour out on them. My friend, that's a description of the tribulation. When good is called evil and evil is called good, Here's my question for you today. Are you ready? You see, this is just the beginning. Health, we're watching the crisis. Food, we're watching the crisis. We're, we're watching the population being controlled by, by fear, by power over us, by giving away individual freedoms. But my friend, there is a way to get maximum freedom. You know what it is? It's to come to Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't look forward to the lack of food and prices going up for food so that a normal person can't really buy a decent meal. Because you see, that's when men's will will control, their power will come to the forefront. Instead, you know what I've chosen to do? I've chosen to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. You see, He's the bread of life. He's the spiritual bread of life. There's going to be a lack of physical bread. But remember in John 6, the Lord taught that He was the spiritual bread of life. My friend, today you could have that spiritual life. Jesus is available. How does that happen? Well, number one, you admit that you're a sinner. You admit that by your nature, by your practice that you're a sinner, you violated the, the righteousness of a holy God. We've left God's word. We've sinned against God. We've turned our back on God. God didn't turn his back on us. We turned our back on God. Number two, 
acknowledge the fact that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He died. He paid the price for your sins. And number three, to personally accept him. It's not enough to say that Jesus died and rose again. It's not enough to say he shed his blood. But my friend, you need to say, I leave my sin on the cross on Jesus and I accept him as my personal savior. My friend, could you do that today? Because if you do, guess what? The bread of heaven, the spiritual bread that Jesus has, he will impart to you. My friend, not only will you have eternal life forever with Jesus in heaven, but you will escape the tribulation and you'll escape the great famine that the Bible speaks of in Matthew 24, speaks of in Revelation chapter six. My friend, salvation and Jesus are available today. He's the bread of life. May I welcome you to receive him as your savior today. Father, I come to you. If I didn't know Christ, these headlines would really bother me because I'm watching it take place. I'm watching farmers frustrated. I'm watching fishermen wonder what is going on. I'm watching common people alarmed because the, the prices are going up so high. Exactly as the Bible said that before long, it will take a day's wages just to provide food for an individual. But Father, what a solution because there on the cross, Jesus died for the sins of the world, my sins. Father, I pray today that some will come to him today and receive him as their savior. And Father, for others that have been drifting away from the Lord, may they come to him and see that our hope is Jesus. He's the one that can solve every crisis. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for salvation through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.